How's it going, everyone? And get ready to hear this. I love Disney. Shocker, I know. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I love watching Disney movies. And this year is a better time to do that because we're celebrating 100 years of Disney as of the making of this episode. And on this podcast, I pretty much cover the majority of Disney movies you've seen. Old, Renaissance, Modern, and of course, Pixar. Yet, there was another group of Disney movies that played a big part of my childhood. Of course, I'm talking about direct-to-video Disney sequels, which are basically sequels to major Disney movies, except they were made on a lower budget and released on home media. Now, these movies kind of suck, let's be real. But they do have some redeeming qualities, so I think it'd be fun to talk about which ones I think are worth watching, and which ones are best left to rot away and never be seen or talked about ever again. In this episode, I'll be listing my top 5 favorite and top 5 least favorite movies from this era. Yeah, you heard right. I'm not doing a top 10 list this time. Again, most of these movies are pretty bad, so I don't want to torture myself. Hmm. I'll be judging these movies based on their stories, themes, and how they affect Disney as a whole. Also, I haven't seen every one of these sequels, so if I miss a movie that's good or bad, I apologize. And for the sake of this episode, I'm sticking to movies that are sequels to the actual theatrical movies and not any of the TV shows. Keep in mind, this is all based off my opinion, so if you disagree on where I rank these movies, that's fine. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and these are the best, and worst, direct-to-video Disney sequels. As usual, we'll be starting off with my least favorite list, because it's obviously the most anticipated one. Hmm. Kicking things off at number 5, we have The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning. Okay, technically it's not a sequel, but a prequel. But hey, it still counts in a way. Fun fact, this is actually the last direct-to-video Disney sequel ever made, and I can see why, because this movie was pretty bad. Granted, the animation was pretty good, and I did appreciate the backstory of what happened to Athena, aka Ariel's mother, as well as trying to invoke the message of moving on, but that isn't enough to excuse this movie for having a weak plot. In this case, King Triton bans all music in his kingdom because it'll remind him too much of his late wife. I'm just saying, as a movie that's meant to serve as a prequel to the first movie, they definitely could have done more. Like, I don't know, give us more backstory about Athena aside from the beginning, explain more about Triton's hatred towards humans, how Ariel met Flounder, or hell, why Ursula was banished from the kingdom in the first place. But no, let's waste everyone's time with a new villain named Marina Del Rey, who wants to kill Sebastian so he can take over his job as the king's advisor. Wow, how fucking petty can you be? Honestly, if the movie wanted to, they could have made her some sort of past version of Ursula, and maybe her gain exile could have caused her to change her name and become the sea witch we know and love. But no, she's just a boring villain who gets banished towards the end and is never seen or heard from ever again. Doesn't help that most of Ariel's sisters are just one-note archetypes and the songs are very forgettable. You know you've done something wrong if the songs are forgettable. In a Little Mermaid movie. Overall, this movie was boring, and it's safe to say that Disney ended things on such a sour note. No pun intended. Up next, at number 4, we have Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. Pocahontas was a movie I fairly enjoyed, despite it being historically inaccurate. But did it really need a sequel? According to Disney, yes. And it sucked. Granted, a movie about Pocahontas traveling to England to invoke a peace treaty between her people and the settlers sounds interesting on paper, but in execution, it was boring, dull, and I hated how they forced that stupid love triangle between her, James Rolfe, and John Smith, who they tried to kill off in the beginning. Let's be honest, John Smith and Pocahontas were a better couple in the last movie. Also, couldn't he have given us a new villain instead of Governor Ratcliffe? Again? Nothing personal against him, but they hardly do anything new and instead make him the same egotistical prick he was in the first movie. 
Speaking of which, they also rehashed the same theme from the first movie, which is learning to accept other cultures. You know it's fucking sad when you can't think of a new message and just reuse an old one. Oh yeah, and the songs are pretty forgettable too. Say what you want about the first Pocahontas movie being boring, but it's a masterpiece compared to this atrocity. At third place, we have Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. Oh yeah, now we're getting somewhere, because this quote-unquote movie barely acts like a movie at all. Instead, it's three separate stories merged together to make it look like a movie. Sound familiar? Except most of it sucked. First, we have Cinderella trying to handle the princess lifestyle, but can't seem to do it, so she brings her own twist on how a princess should act. But go figure, it becomes a problem until they eventually learn to accept change. Then we have the fairy godmother turning Jack into a human because apparently he hates being a mouse. Until he learns being a human isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, yeah, you already know this shit. The only interesting story is the last one because we get to see one of Cinderella's stepsisters actually develop. In this case, Anastasia falls in love with the town baker but her sister and mother disapprove, so of course Cinderella decides to help her, despite all the abuse and shit she had to endure for years. Except there's no build-up or anything. It just happens. But that's okay, because all three stories coincidentally have the same message, and that's doing whatever makes you happy despite what others think. But that isn't enough to save this quote-unquote movie, not to mention having forgettable songs. I'm noticing a pattern here. Overall, Cinderella 2 sucks, but it's by far the worst I've seen. At the runner-up spot, we have Mulan 2. Oh god. This movie is often regarded as one of, if not, the worst Disney sequel ever made. And I don't blame them, because this movie was terrible. Basically, Mulan and Shang have to escort the Emperor's daughters across China so they can partake in some arranged marriage, otherwise a huge war will unfold. Coincidentally, Shang wants to propose to Mulan, but that's bad for Mushu because apparently if Mulan gets married, then Mushu can't be her guardian anymore, so he does whatever he can to ruin their relationship. God, this movie was very painful to watch. From the animation looking choppy, Mushu acting like an asshole, or the three daughters falling in love with Yao Ling and Shampo, which is apparently a bad thing because they have to avoid this upcoming war. Speaking of which, that gets resolved, and I shit you not, in off-screen land. Near the end of the movie, Mulan decides to take one of the daughters' places in marriage, only for it to get stopped because she loves Shang and she has to follow her heart. And the daughters decide to do the same thing. Excuse me, what happened to that war you made such a big deal about? Well, I guess everyone's like, fuck that shit. It's all about finding your true love instead of watching hundreds, if not thousands of innocent people getting killed. And if you think this movie has weak and forgettable songs, then you couldn't be more right. Overall, this movie took everything that made the first movie enjoyable and turned it into a fucking train wreck. But believe it or not, it's still not the worst. No, the worst is by far our number one spot, which is Beauty and the Beast, Belle's Magical World. I know what you guys are thinking, Eric, how can this movie be worse than Mulan 2? Simple. Aside from having choppy animation, and again, merging three different stories to make one clusterfuck of a movie, the main story is about Belle and Beast having an argument and they refuse to apologize to each other. Yeah. I'm fucking serious. That's the whole movie! But even that gets sidetracked because of the stupid misadventures of the castle servants. I'm not wasting any more time. You know it sucks, I know it sucks, and as someone who loves the original movie with a passion, this was fucking insulting. Alright, now that we got those atrocities out of the way, let's go over some honorable slash dishonorable mentions. These are movies that aren't terrible, but not good enough to be in the top 5 for me. Starting with the two Aladdin sequels, Return of Jafar and The King of Thieves. The first one did a good job with Iago and his redemption, yet it lacks the same charm as the original movie, and yet it was clearly made to be a pilot for the Aladdin TV show, which I never watched. 
simply because I wasn't born yet when that show was a thing. The second one at least gave us a solid story about Aladdin reuniting with his father. Admittedly, the scene of Genie and his coat red still makes me laugh my ass off. Yet, the movie was so predictable, and the villain is nowhere near as enjoyable as Jafar. Also, if you're wondering why the animation looks like shit, it's because these were the earliest movies to come out during this phase. Bambi 2 is next. It does a great job expanding the bond between Bambi and his father, on top of having pretty good songs like There Is Life or Through Your Eyes. But I still find the first movie to be much better. Lady and the Tramp 2. Almost the exact same story as the first one, except Lady and Tramp's son wants to be an alley dog just for the sake of being an arrogant little shit. At least the song Fences is pretty catchy. The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. Again, almost a rehash of the first movie, except Ariel and Eric's daughter Melody, who's a human, turns into a mermaid so she can live underwater. Hell, it doesn't help that the villain is literally a discount version of Ursula. In this case, we have Morgana, her younger sister. At least it has good animation and catchy songs like Melody and For a Moment. Next, we have Stitch the Movie and Leroy and Stitch. Like the case we return to far, the first one is basically a pilot to a TV show, so not much can be said. But hey, Lilo and Stitch the series turned out to be a great show. Who knows, I might do a retrospective on it in the future. Leroy and Stitch, however, served as an ending to that set series, and it wasn't that bad. Especially seeing Lilo forming a friendship with Experiment 625, aka Reuben, or watching all Stitch's cousins teaming up to fight off the Leroy clones. Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. It was nice to see Belle celebrate Christmas during her stay at the Enchanted Castle, not to mention the villain being voiced by the legendary Tim Curry. Still, it's nowhere near as impactful as the first movie. Kronk's New Groove. I don't care what people say, The Emperor's New Groove was a damn near masterpiece of a film, and a movie where Kronk is the main character is definitely worth watching. However, I can't ignore how predictable the story gets, and how this movie connects to a TV show slash continuity can get fucking confusing. Last but not least, Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin. A very cute movie about Pooh and his friends going on an adventure to find Christopher Robin, hence the title, only for everything to be a big misunderstanding. Predictable story aside, it's still a cute movie, and I'll admit, the song, Wherever You Are, is too wholesome to listen to. Alright, those are my honorable slash dishonorable mentions. Now, if I were to make a top 10 list, which 5 would make the cut? Well, thinking about it, and this is in no particular order, I'd say Aladdin the King of Thieves, Bambi 2, Leroy and Stitch, Crunk's New Groove, and Pooh's Grand Adventure. But that's enough about that. Let's go over ones I actually did enjoy. My top 5 favorite direct-to-video Disney sequels. Starting things off at number 5, we have The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. This was a movie I watched a lot as a kid, probably because I was obsessed with The Lion King. Then again, which kid wasn't? <laughs> anyway, Unlike the first Lion King, which is loosely based off Hamlet, this one is loosely based off Romeo and Juliet. In this case, Simba and Nala's daughter Kiara is forbidden to interact with Kovu, the adopted son of Zira, a ferocious lioness who's the leader of a group of lions that actually like Scar's reign of terror, all of which were banished by Simba. Oh yeah, and Kovu was chosen to be Scar's successor apparently. Let's cut the bullshit. We all thought Scar and Zira had a thing and Kovu was their son when we first watched this. I know I'm guilty of that. <laughs> But in all seriousness, I thought it was a good story, and the thing that carried it the most was Kiara and Kovu's Bond. Hell, even the songs turn out to be bangers like He Lives in You, We Are One, and Love Will Find a Way. Sadly, many people hate this movie because of how they made Simba act all stern and overprotective. At the same time, you can't really blame him. He's still traumatized by his father's death, and he doesn't want to lose anyone close to him. And yeah, the humor could have been a little bit better, but it still had its moments. Such as Timon and Pumbaa acting like Kiara's uncles slash babysitters, or Nuka, Kovu's older brother, trying so hard to impress Zira. Rest in peace, Nuka. However, this did lead to a good message about accepting others and not letting the past control your life, as showing Kiara helps Simba realize that not all outsiders are evil, 
and welcomes him back to the Pride Lands. Unfortunately, Zero refused to patch things up, which led to her unfortunate death. And going back to Mufasa real quick, even though he's still dead, his presence was still lurking around the Pride Lands, and he knew damn well Kiara and Kovu were meant to be together. So yeah, The Lion King 2 is definitely not on the same level as the first Lion King, but I still like it a lot. Up next, at number 4, we have an extremely goofy movie. This was another movie I watched a lot when I was a kid. Probably more times than the first goofy movie thinking about it. And yeah, it's pretty obvious that the first movie is better, but I still like this movie a lot. Max, going away to college only for Goofy to attend college too because most jobs require a degree. Sounds like it would lead to a lot of laughs. And it did, because there were many moments that made me laugh my ass off. Such as Goofy accidentally embarrassing Max at the lecture hall, PJ, aka Pete's son, falling in love with the Barrett girl, Bobby questioning why some of the characters, including him, wear gloves, or any moment involving the villain, Bradley Uppercross III, the leader of the Gammas, a group of prestige frat boys who try to win the X Games by any means necessary, including cheating. Seriously, every time this guy tries to keep a smiling face or gets aggravated, it fucking kills me. Speaking of the X Games, a lot of people tend to hate this movie because of how it oversaturates ESPN, or EXTREME SPORTS, in general. But as someone who's allergic to sports, I didn't mind it too much. And yeah, I'll admit, it's a little lazy that they rehash the same kind of message where Max learns to respect his dad, while Goofy learns to let Max be more independent. To be fair, it was still handled well, and there were still a bunch of heartwarming moments like Goofy getting depressed after seeing Max leave for college. Any adult watching this movie will know how that feels. Or when Goofy falls in love with Sylvia, the school's librarian, or even during the X Games where Max and Goofy display good sportsmanship by saving Tank, Bradley's right-hand man, who was trapped under burning wreckage, yet they still managed to win and expose Bradley for being the asshole he is. Oh yeah, before I forget, even though this movie doesn't have any catchy original songs like the first one, the renditions of Shake Your Groove Thing or Right Back From Where We Started From are still enjoyable to listen to. Honestly, this movie's version of The Ladder is debatably the best version of that song. Overall, an extremely goofy movie may not be as funny or emotionally driven as the first movie, I still enjoy it enough to put in the top 5. At third place, we have 101 Dalmatians 2, Patch's London Adventure. It's funny. I wasn't expecting myself to like this movie a lot, let alone put in the top 5, but it made sense after watching it again. One of my complaints about the first movie was how the puppies barely had any development, but here, we get to see Patch meet his idol, Thunderbolt, as he accidentally gets left behind when his family move out of London, even though it's only one puppy. It's still great development because Patch tries to prove that he's different from his siblings, and I couldn't help but feel sorry for him. Thankfully his bond with Thunderbolt's what kept me infested. Yeah, at first glance, it's pretty obvious what kind of story or message they were trying to invoke. Never meet your heroes or else you'll be disappointed, and that's better to believe in yourself. Because go figure, Thunderbolt is only an actor and doesn't do any of the stunts on his show, but eventually he was able to bring out his inner wonder dog by helping Patch rescue his siblings from Cruella de Vil again. Speaking of which, Cruella is still the same psychotic bitch from the first movie, except I argue she's worse because of how desperate she tried to relive her glory days. This time, she wants to kidnap puppies and turn them into artwork, with help from this eccentric artist. But luckily, Lars was quick to realize how insane she was. I mean, he said it best during the movie, I may be eccentric, but I'm not a sicko. This movie also had catchy songs like Dalmatian Implantation and Try Again, as well as a bunch of action towards the ending. Even more action than the first movie, thinking about it. But my god, was it also satisfying to see Corella, Horace, and Jasper finally receive some penalty for their crimes unlike the first movie. Granted, we knew Horace and Jasper got arrested at some point before this movie, and the same thing can be argued for Cruella, who was on probation. Still, it was very satisfying to watch. I also like how this movie provided a twist villain, 
In this case, we have Lil Lightning, who tricked Thunderbolt into thinking that his character was getting killed off, in an effort to make himself the star of the show after being pushed around for years. Granted, I wish they did a little bit more with him, but it is what it is. Also, I kinda wish the puppies had a bigger role aside from getting kidnapped again. Regardless, it was still a fun movie to watch, and I say it's as good as the original movie. At the runner-up spot, we have Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, aka The Real Cinderella 2. You know for a fucking fact I'm not wrong. <laughs> because unlike Dreams Come True, this one felt like a genuine sequel. For one thing, Lady Tremaine actually becomes a huge threat, this time by stealing the Fairy Godmother's wand and using it to travel back in time to prevent Cinderella from trying on the glass slipper. Now Cinderella must try to set things right. Even though Cinderella 2 failed big time for me, they at least kept the same message of doing what makes you happy, as well as the development Anastasia went through, except it's handled much, much better. Here, Anastasia doesn't care about living in luxury, or royalty in general, because all she really wants is to find true love, and you see throughout the movie how badly she felt about taking everything away from Cinderella. Of course, her mother and sister don't give a shit about that, and continue to be the same bitches we know and hate. Not only that, this movie actually did one thing that the original movie failed to do, and that was making Prince Charming and the King feel like actual characters. In the first movie, they were just bland and very one-dimensional, especially the King, but here, we get to see Prince Charming act all brave and determined once he found out Cinderella was his true love, and the King could be very kind-hearted beneath his controlling demeanor. As shown, he was very supportive towards his son and his pursuit to rescue Cinderella, or when he allowed Anastasia to keep the seashell his late wife gave him. The songs were also pretty catchy too, like Perfectly Perfect, At the Ball, or even the song that's played during the credits. I Still Believe, which was sung by Hayden Panettiere, who you might recognize as Kyrie from the first few Kingdom Hearts games. How ironic is it that Princess of Heart is singing for another Princess of Heart? Hmm. Obviously, this movie isn't perfect, because there were a handful of times where the movie dragged on, especially towards the end because there were multiple times where the movie looked like it was going to end. Don't get me wrong, the original Cinderella was and will always be a classic, but this movie was very impressive to watch, even by direct-to-video standards. Hell, I might even go as far and say it's better than the original movie, but that's debatable. However, there's still one movie left to talk about. And taking the number one spot, we of course have The Lion King 1.5. What? I never said one movie per franchise. Besides, both this movie and The Lion King 2 are so great in their own ways that I had to include them separately. Unlike the other movies I mentioned, this one isn't a sequel, nor is it a prequel, but instead, an integral starring Timon and Pumbaa. Here, we get to see how this dynamic duo met, and how they try to find their perfect home. Granted, a lot of people tend to hate this movie because it's too goofy and almost feels like it's poking fun of the source material. Then again, what do you expect from a movie starring Timon and Pumbaa? If anything, this movie feels like The Lion King's version of Spaceballs, except the humor was on fucking point. Seriously, I lost count of how many times I laughed my ass off throughout the movie, from Timon and Pumbaa constantly moving from place to place, or them parenting Simba and later trying to sabotage his and Nala's relationship, or when Timon proposed to Shenzi, that shit had me in tears. And none of this is even mentioning the many times Simone and Pumbaa literally interrupted the movie. One of my favorite scenes hands down was definitely when the movie briefly got interrupted by a QVC broadcast, or when they paused in the middle of the waterfall scene to get extra snacks. And the icing on the cake was the ending, where Timon and Pumbaa were forced to rewind the entire movie, only to be joined by Ma, Uncle Max, Simba, Rafiki, and many, many, many Disney characters from different movies. That was fucking mind-blowing when I first saw that, and it still amazes me to this day. And come on, this movie also gave us that catchy song, Dig a ton of dick dig a ton of quick before the hyena come. Shout out to Matt for including that song in his recent Disney episode. Love you buddy. 
as well as other catchy songs such as That's All I Need and another rendition of Akuna Matata, which is always a great song. So yeah, it's pretty obvious that humor is what saves this movie for me, but it does know how to include heartwarming moments, especially when Timon and Pumbaa realize the importance of friends sticking together, which is also the main theme. Hell, Timon became so self-aware of this that he basically acted out exactly what Rafiki would say, saving him the trouble explaining everything himself. Out of all the direct-to-video Disney sequels I mentioned, this is the one I could watch all the time and still be entertained, which is why it easily earns the number one spot. And those are my favorite and least favorite direct-to-video Disney sequels. I knew going in that ranking these movies were going to be tough, given their shitty reputations. But I think I did a solid job. Anyway, which of these direct-to-video sequels are your favorite slash least favorites? Tell us on our Discord server or DM us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to list us on all available listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.